Section 5 of Starved Rock, a Historical Sketch by Eaton G. Osman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Veronica Jenkins. Section 5 Starved Rock Fortified and Kismet. Starved Rock Fortified. Strangers came to build a tower and threw their ashes over land. Thoreau. La Salle takes possession. La Salle spent the winter of 1680-81 to 81 at Fort Miami, organizing a league of the western Indians to resist the Iroquois, the league's principal town to be located near the rock on Illinois River. Then he returned to Canada via Mackinac, where he again met Tonti. Having arranged his affairs, he returned in November 1681 to Fort Miami, where he found his Indian allies, with eighteen of whom and twenty-three Frenchmen, including Tonti, he set out again for the Illinois. They passed the site of the future Chicago, January 4, 1682, and pushed on without stopping to the mouth of the Mississippi, which he reached April 9, 1682. Here La Salle, in the name of the Most High, Mighty, Invincible Prince, Louis Fourteenth of the name, took possession of the country and named it Louisiana, the weather-beaten voyagers joining their voices in the great hymn of Vexilia Regis, which closed the ceremony. The banners of heaven's king advance, the mystery of the cross shines forth. On that day the realm of France received on parchment a stupendous accession, a region that stretched from the Alleghenies to the Rocky Mountains, from the Rio Grande and the Gulf to the farthest springs of the Missouri, all by the virtue of a feeble human voice inaudible at half a mile. La Salle had now written his name in history. There remained the greater task of consummating the schemes of his pregnant brain, the founding of a permanent colony on the Illinois and the abandonment of the route to France via Canada, for one via Mississippi and the Gulf. The Illinois colony at Starved Rock, the key of the situation, was to serve the double purpose of a bulwark against the Iroquois, and a place of storage for the furs of all the western tribes, and he hoped in the following year to secure an outlet for this colony and for all the trade of the valley of the Mississippi by occupying the mouth of that river by a fort and another colony. At the moment of his triumph, as he returned from the Gulf, La Salle was taken with a dangerous illness and became unable to proceed. He sent Tonti forward to Mackinac, therefore, to dispatch his report to France and then repair to the rock. In September, however, the two men met at Mackinac, where, hearing a rumor of a coming attack on the western Indians by the Iroquois, which, if successful, would be the ruination of the project, La Salle abandoned his intention of going immediately to France, and, with Tonti, repaired at once to the rock, where, in December 1682, they began to entrench themselves. They cut away the forest that crowned the rock, built storehouses and dwellings of its remains, dragged timber up the rugged pathway, and encircled the summit with a palisade. Thus the winter passed. The Indians, who saw in La Salle their defense from the Iroquois, gathered around his stronghold like the timorous peasantry of the Middle Ages around the rock-built castle of their feudal lord. From the wooden ramparts of St. Louis, high and inaccessible as an eagle's nest, La Salle looked down on a concourse of wild human life, 
lodges of bark and rushes or cabins of logs were clustered on the open plain or along the edges of the bordering forests squaws labored warriors lounged in the sun naked children whooped and gambled on the grass beyond the river a mile and a half to the left the banks were studded once more with the lodges of the illinois who to the number of six thousand had returned since their defeat to this their favorite dwelling place scattered along the valley or the neighboring prairie were the cantonments of a half score of other tribes and fragments of tribes gathered under the protecting aegis of the french shawnos from the ohio abenakis from maine miamis from the sources of the kankakee with others whose barbarous names are hardly worth the record and all four thousand warriors or twenty thousand souls nor were these la salle's only dependents by the terms of his patents he held seigneurial rights over this wild domain and he now began to grant it out in parcels to his followers these however were as yet but a score a lawless band trained in forest license the village of the shannos was probably located on the edge of the bluff south of starved rock at the intersection of the two ravines where the remains of their rude earthwork may still be traced kismet the sequel of to-day unsatters all the goodliest fellowship of famous knights whereof this world has record such a sleep they sleep the man i loved tennyson mort de arthur failure and death in spite of difficulties and hindrances which to other men would have seemed insurmountable la salle had succeeded and the cornerstone of a new empire had been laid it only remained to rear the superstructure on la salle's foundation unfortunately frontenac had been recalled and la barre in canada reigned in his stead la salle had his faults but withal had la barre been his friend as he might have been and not his enemy as he was the course of american history might have been changed la salle pled with la barre for his rights and to be freed from the machinations of courtiers fur traders and an unfriendly priesthood but all in vain the colony in its present state was therefore foreordained to failure whereupon la salle leaving the faithful tonti to protect his interests on the illinois proceeded to france to organize a colony which should proceed to the illinois via the gulf and the mississippi taking possession of the mouth of the latter and thus la salle and the illinois could be freed from the perennial menace the provincial government at quebec as always at the court of louis la salle was successful several vessels and some four hundred colonists sailed in sixteen eighty four for the mississippi while la forest was specially commissioned to take command of la salle's property in canada and tonti restored to the command at fort st louis la barre being in a letter accompanying these commissions especially scourged by his royal master the king unfortunately the command of the vessels while at sea was given to another there was friction among the leaders and finally a storm drove them to a haven west of the mouth of the great river and a landing was effected on the shore of the present state of texas the rest is a tale of miserable disappointment suffering treachery failure and death while making a journey in search of the lost mississippi la salle was murdered by his own men on trinity river texas march nineteenth sixteen eighty seven a few of the colonists including his brother jean calvier and the faithful jotal reached fort st louis starved rock 
A few had returned to France, the rest miserably perished. Thus, in the vigor of his manhood, at the age of forty-three, died Robert Cavier de la Salle, one of the greatest men, writes Tonti, of the age, without question one of the most remarkable explorers whose names live in history. It is easy to reckon up his defects, but it is not easy to hide from sight the Roman virtues that redeem them, writes Parkman. Beset by a throng of enemies, he stands like the king of Israel, head and shoulders above them all. He was a tower of adamant, against whose impregnable front hardship and danger, the rage of man and of the elements, the southern sun, the northern blast, fatigue, famine, and disease, delay, disappointment, and deferred hope, emptied their quivers in vain. That very pride, which Coriolanus-like, declared itself most sternly in the thickest press of foes, has in it something to challenge admiration. Never under the impenetrable mail of paladin or crusader beat a heart of more intrepid metal than within the stoic panoply that armed the breast of La Salle. To estimate aright the marvels of his patient fortitude, one must follow his track through the vast scene of his interminable journeyings, those thousands of weary miles of forest, marsh, and river, where again and again, in the bitterness of baffled striving, the untiring pilgrim pushed onward toward the goal which he never was to attain. America owes him an enduring memory, for in this masculine figure she sees the pioneer who guided her to the possession of her richest heritage. End of section 5 Recorded by Veronica Jenkins in Ottawa, Illinois